As the world becomes more polarized and distorted from reality, Big Red for America breaks down a new concept, value, or debate so you can better understand the history and facts. Using historical data, basic logic, and common sense, we supply honesty and clarity around today's political topics, value sets, and cultural discourse. This is the Big Red for America show. This week, the left broke down. They suddenly became transphobic. I'm, I'm so triggered. And illogical. Well, I guess they've always been that way. And they put their faith in the satanic temple to save their policies. I'm not kidding. What caused such a meltdown of epic proportions? Stick around and find out. This is Big Red, and you're listening to the Big Red for America show. On September 1st, Texas made it illegal to murder children. Throngs of people took to the streets in protest? That can't be right. Legal challenges to the law have already been filed? Wait, no, that's that's not possible. Well, unfortunately, it is. Texas recently passed Senate Bill 8, also known as the Texas Heartbeat Act. It outlaws abortions after a fetal heartbeat can be detected which can be as early as six weeks after fertilization. The bill states, quote, Texas has a compelling interest from the outset of a woman's pregnancy in protecting the health of the woman and of the life of the newborn child. I want to focus everyone's attention on the life of the newborn child part, because that's really the focus of this bill and of the conservative, not the arbitrary subjugation of women that the left would have you believe, but I'll get into that more later. The bill bans abortion, saying in section 171.204, quote, A physician may not knowingly perform or induce an abortion on a pregnant woman if the physician detected a fetal heartbeat for the unborn child as required by a previous section or failed to perform a test to detect a fetal heartbeat. But the bill doesn't actually criminalize abortion. I can hear you guys saying, Big Red, you dunce. It just outlawed abortions. What part of that didn't you understand? Well... The bill then says, quote, the requirements of this subchapter shall be enforced exclusively through the private civil actions and no enforcement of this chapter may be taken or threatened by this state, a political subdivision, a district or county attorney, or an executive or administrative officer or employee of the state or a political subdivision against any person. Did you miss that? No enforcement may be taken by any state or law enforcement official. But instead, the requirements of this bill will be enforced directly through private civil actions, if you remember me reading that before. This means that while you can't get arrested for providing an abortion, and you can't be charged with a crime, you can be sued by a private citizen who believes that you either provided an abortion or, quote, aided and abetted one, like providing financial support or other means of supporting someone to get an abortion. The bill doesn't target women, but rather targets anyone who, quote, performs or induces an abortion in violation of this subchapter, knowingly engages in conduct that aids or abets the performance or inducement of an abortion, abortion, including paying for or reimbursing the costs of an abortion through insurance or otherwise, if the abortion is performed or induced in violation of this subchapter, regardless of whether the person knew or should have known that an abortion would be performed or induced in violation of the subchapter, or finally, intends to engage in the conduct described by subdivision one or two. So because the state 
is not enforcing this bill, but rather allowing private citizens to bring civil action against abortion providers. The Supreme Court ruled in a split 5-4 decision that it will not strike down the bills unconstitutional. Their opinion, according to NPR, said, quote, In reaching this conclusion, Reese stressed that we do not purport to resolve definitely, so listen to that, resolve definitely any jurisdictional or substantive claim in the applicant's lawsuit. And then they say, quote, In particular, this order is not based on any conclusion about the constitutionality of the Texas law and in no way, in no way limits other procedurally proper challenges to the Texas law, including in Texas state courts. So this is far from striking down Roe v. Wade as the left decries. It even allows challenges to arise through the courts and remains undecided on the constitutionality of this issue. Instead, they ruled more on a technicality over the constitutionality of the law. This is a first step, not the final blow, and the Supreme Court really just kicked the can further down the road. Maybe they're hoping that they can decide on the Missouri case, which is another strong challenge to Roe v. Wade. With the Supreme Court's silence on the matter, the left lost their minds. We'll begin by examining the arguments for abortion. And then after having a laugh as the left continues to circle the drain of madness, we'll finish off with what would actually happen if Roe got overturned. I mean, what else could you expect from such a great show? Before we dive headlong into the left's insanity, we need to cover why many conservatives are pro-life. The left wants you to believe that old white men want to oppress women and to force them to carry their children which beyond being just sexist and racist, simply isn't true. It'd be like the pro-life people saying that the only reason why pro-choice people want abortions is to kill children. And that's the only possible reason why they could ever support abortion, which of course is gaslighting. Both sides, both the pro-life and pro-choice argument are looking at the same right, which is liberty and the right to make your own decisions, but coming at it from two very different sides. The pro-life argument is that the baby inside the mother deserves the right to liberty and deserves the right to be protected under the law, even if that means impeding the mother's right to choose. The pro-choice side thinks that the liberty of the mother should be valued over the rights of the child, which would allow them to kill it before it can voice its own opinions. Ronald Reagan once said, quote, I noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born, unquote. These people were afforded the right to life that they want to deny to their unborn children who do not have a voice themselves. And we only hear arguments from the mothers who want to abort their children, but we can never hear the voice of the unborn as to why they should get the opportunity to live. To further cement the point that conservatives are concerned with the liberty of the unborn, I'll finish with another quote from Ronald Reagan who said, quote, We're told about a woman's right to control her own body, but doesn't the unborn child have a higher right, and that is to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, unquote? That is the reason why conservatives are pro-life. They believe in defending everyone's rights, including those who cannot speak for themselves. Okay, now that we admit that we're looking at the same issue from different sides of the same coin, let's get into the more, quote, classic, I guess, arguments for being pro-choice and deconstruct them. Perhaps the most educated argument for abortion rests in precedence the idea where judges refer to old decisions to make informed rulings on current lawsuits. But leftists don't really care about precedence. They only pretend to care when it works for them. 
For example, no one on the left is sad that Plessy v. Ferguson, which set up the separate but equal, got overturned. Remember, that would have been precedent. But thankfully, Brown v. v. Board of Education overturned that ruling and ruled that separate is inherently unequal. The left isn't upset that precedent got overruled in this case. And why? Because Plessy was a bad ruling. The same logic should go for Roe v. Wade. It should be overturned because it's a bad ruling. The court created a fake right to privacy that simply doesn't exist in the 14th Amendment. And this is why I'm against precedents in general, because it tends to support bad decisions and wimpy justices who don't want to correct these bad decisions. Each case needs to be decided individually on its merits against the Constitution and should be decided in that matter. But then again, I'm not a lawyer, not a judge. That is just my opinion. Next, we'll take a step down on the logical ladder where we have the quote, no uterus, no opinion. This was really the favorite of leftists to use to defend their pro-choice. The logic was that since you aren't a woman, you have no say in what a woman could or couldn't do with her body. This is really preposterous on, on a lot of levels, but I actually wanted to employ a similar logic against gun control. Since the left believes that you, if you are a member of an identity group, oh sorry, if you aren't a member of an identity group, you have no say in policies that may affect said group, then I wanted to say, if you don't own a gun, you should have no say in gun control measures since you aren't a gun owner. According to the left's own logic, that's an ironclad argument that should just silence all debate. Any rebuttals for more personal safety from the gun control advocates could be countered with abortion kills just like guns do. In fact, more are killed by abortion than gun violence in the U.S. each year. 14,896 people were killed in 2018 by gun violence, versus the 619,591 in the same year via, quote, legal abortion, according to the CDC. Getting more back on track, like I said, this was an important argument to keep men from weighing in the abortion argument until the left decided that men can be women too. President Biden's budget uses the term, quote, birthing person to be more, quote, inclusive to those who may not identify as a woman yet still get pregnant. How that makes sense, how you can not be a woman, a biological woman to get pregnant is beyond me, but I'm not one to question the, quote, party of science. And Apple may now include pregnant man emojis in their next software update because men can get pregnant too, I guess? So the argument of no uterus, no opinion is officially dead. But Jen Circleback Pisaki accidentally slipped up during a heated exchange with a reporter and accidentally said only women can get pregnant. Here's the clip. Is to look for every resource, every lever at our disposal to ensure women in Texas have the ability to seek uh, health care. Following up on the Texas law, why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic Faith teaches abortion is morally wrong. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn child? He believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions, uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, nor have you ever been pregnant, but for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. The president believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on. Jen. That is so transphobic of you. I can't believe you. Did you just assume that man's gender? Oh, oh no, I just did it too. Do you see the nonsense? The post-millennial has a headline that says, quote, breaking, Pisaki accidentally admits that man can't get pregnant. 
as if that's breaking news. It's funny and sad to see the left devour itself. If their ideas weren't so pervasive and toxic, I'd say let's grab some popcorn and watch the flames. But unfortunately we can't. In the words of Larry Elder, we've got a country to save. The next fallacious argument the left uses is the quote, my body, my choice. And I hate to tell them this, but the government already regulates what you can and can't do with your body. For example, in most states and localities, you can't prostitute yourself for money. You also can't do any drug you choose, even though it's quote, your body. So the government has no problem telling you what you can and can't do with your body. But more importantly, the baby is not your body. It's amazing how the party of science refuses to acknowledge us. Your child is a genetically different being than you. It is not you. No more than your car is part of your house because it's in your garage. Your car can leave and do other things completely separate from your house, much like an infant once it's born. Your body even knows that the infant is not you. In some cases, the mother's body attacks the infant because they have incompatible blood types. This is called RH incompatibility and can be treated. So even your body knows that the child is not your body. But let's just try to ignore that fact to quell the moral dilemma of abortion. I'd be careful going over to a leftist's home because they might end up killing you and saying, my house, my rules. Okay, fine, I'll give it to you. That's a little facetious, but according to the left, that is logical. Finally, in terms of sane arguments the left uses for abortion, they say, well, the baby isn't viable yet. Or sometimes they say it's not conscious or sentient. They say a child at six weeks could not survive outside the womb, so abortion is therefore okay. However, whatever definition you use to try to exclude babies from humanity can easily be applied to any other human beings and we start drifting into euthanasia. For example, there are many people that are in hospitals right now that are dependent on a ventilator to survive or various IV medications to keep their heart beating. Nurses and doctors simply don't turn off the medications and the ventilator because, oh, well, they won't survive without it. Why? Because the people may get better and they may not need them for the rest of their life after we treat the acute disease process. And if you're asleep, you are unconscious. So can I just smother in your sleep? Of course not. And why not? Because you're asleep, you'll eventually wake up. And that's the exact argument for being pro-life. The baby will eventually become sentient, independent, and conscious. And that's why they should be protected. Beyond being laughably two-dimensional, these abortion arguments are at least trying to be logical. Next, we'll continue to watch the left decline into insanity over the passage of the Texas heartbeat law. So one reason why the Supreme Court's decision was not to overturn the Texas law was because of mansplaining. I seriously wish I was kidding. A masterpiece article by Slate was titled, quote, The conservative justice's reasoning in the Texas abortion case is legal mansplaining. And it has a picture of the five conservative justices that voted not to strike down the Texas law. But did I mention that one of them was a woman? So Slate accused Justice Amy Coney Barrett of, quote, mansplaining, which is interesting because she's a woman. I guess Slate just assumed her gender, too. 
what's with the left being so transphobic? But the article is essentially a grown adult whining because they didn't get their way. Reverting to leftist gaslighting that the only legitimate reason conservatives, including many conservative women, would want to limit abortion is to violate women's rights, which, like I said before, is the equivalent of pro-life people saying the only reason why pro-choice people want to have an abortion is because they enjoy killing children. Obviously, both are untrue. And the child's rights play no part in this reasoning, according to the left. Like I said, I've already disproven that. The left also accuses the conservative justices, including one female, of mansplaining, but had no issue with the all-male Supreme Court that decided Roe v. Wade. Where's the consistency, I ask? And of course there is none. The left uses terms like this all the time in hopes of silencing opposition. A newsflash, I won't be silenced. If you accuse me of mansplaining, I'll just identify as a woman and then accuse you of being a transphobe. You made this bed, you're gonna have to lie in it. Another radical and depraved, quote, solution the left is hoping will challenge the Texas law is the Satanic Temple. You heard me right. The left is depending on the Satanic Temple to overturn the Texas abortion law. An article from Fortune says, quote, why Satanists may be the last hope to take down Texas's abortion bill. So the le left is literally putting themselves on the same side with Satanists. I'm just going to let that sink in. And let me say, if you're on the side of the Satanists, you may not have the moral high ground. <laughs> the article says that the Satanists are trying to claim the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, which was originally created to allow Native Americans to access peyote for their religious rituals, may allow them to access abortion medicine. And I hate to burst the author's bubble here, but the Supreme Court already ruled in 1878 that you, while you can believe anything you want, you cannot practice anything you want. The Supreme Court ruled against polygamous marriages, which, while legal under Mormon religious law, can still be outlawed under American federal law. So, for example, murder, as a completely unrelated and random example, would not be protected under the First Amendment's free exercise clause. So I'm sorry, leftists, you're not gonna be able to rely on the Satanic Temple. So what would happen if Roe v. Wade were overturned? And probably not too much. People would end up voting in their respective states to decide whether or not they should legalize abortion in that state. And you can bet that New York, California, Washington, Oregon, AKA blue states, would pass pro-abortion laws in their states to protect the quote, right to choose. On the flip side, you would see in red states like Texas, restrictions or possibly even bans on abortion. It's unlikely national legislation would ever get passed to federally legalize or ban abortion, since a 60 vote majority in the Senate would be required to pass it. But this is how the American system is supposed to work. Americans need to be debating these ideas amongst each other and deciding these on a local level or state level. Even if your state went against what you personally believed, at least the democratic process was preserved. And then you could vote in the next election to get favorable representatives who could overturn the law. And this process continues on and on and on. Maybe the left is afraid to lose the authoritarian mandate that abortion must be legal because then they can't use the courts to legislate like they always do. 
So I, I hope the court overturns Roe v. Wade so we can vote on it like normal Americans and preserve our democratic process. And maybe, just maybe, remove some of the toxicity that surrounds the debate of abortion. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Big Red for America podcast. See you guys all next week. Did you like what you heard? Make sure to tune in next week for our fresh new podcast. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, and Getter. Subscribe to our Substack for our sources. Thank you for listening to the Big Red for America show, where the opinions are always right and the facts are always cited.